Greetings, my name is Russell Walker and the message today is entitled Godly Patience in a 21st Century World. The Bible reading comes from 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 8 and you may care to read through that before you listen to the message. There is little doubt that we are now living in a world where patience is in short supply. Nowadays we seem to have an expectation that whatever we want should be available instantly. That expectation extends to food, our place in a queue, our place on the bus, tram or train, or even our spot in emerging traffic lane. Or sadly, for some less responsible folk, running a red traffic light because stopping right now is so terribly inconvenient. It is commonplace to see reports about public demonstrations on the evening news TV broadcasts where those involved are chanting for what they perceive to be an aggrieved right. The words used follow a familiar chant. What do we want? When do we want it? Now. Recent university studies have shown that people in the main are blaming their impatience on emerging technology such as smartphones, computers and modern TVs. The study showed that of the group sampled it took on average only 22 seconds for them to become impatient with the technology. Some of those samples were even of a shorter duration and out of frustration some damaged the piece of technology that caused their angst. The really sad aspect of the study is that it indicated that this lack of patience was being transferred into the people's everyday life such that anything that caused them to wait caused an upset for them. This therefore raises an issue that needs to be better understood by all of us and I believe that we all could confess that at some time or other we were not immune to the effects of impatience. Some of us might be so moved by our concerns that we call out to God, Lord, please teach me patience and teach me right now. I'm not too sure that we would receive the answer that we desire, but recognising that the answer lies with God is a good starting point. So we ask the question, what is patience? There are a number of dictionary definitions of the word patience. One that resonates with me is this, a good-natured tolerance of delay or incompetence. Another reads, calm endurance of pain or any provocation. And that provocation is akin to perseverance. The key words drawn from these definitions are tolerance and endurance. In Strong's Greek Dictionary, there is a qualifier that further amplifies endurance as hopeful endurance. The underlying driver in applying patience in our life is resolve. We must resolve to be tolerant. We must resolve to endure. So the question arises, where do we obtain this resolve? As Christians, we need to turn to the Lord for help. 
There is a wonderful reassurance in Psalm 124, verse 8, which states, Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So if we need help, the automatic reaction should be for us, as believers, to turn to God. For he knows all things and has ultimate control over all things. There is another interesting reassurance recorded in Romans 15, verse 5, which states, And may the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded towards one another, that is, tolerant, according to Jesus Christ. Note the words, the God of patience, in the verse. From this verse, we may validly conclude that one of the attributes of God is the God of patience. On that basis, surely he is the source of all wisdom relating to patience and the one to whom we must turn if we are to learn anything about patience in our life. In the Old Testament record, we often find about the Lord being long-suffering toward his people. Accordingly, it seems reasonable to use the word long-suffering as an equivalent to patient or patience. When the Lord revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush, as recorded in Exodus 34, verse 6, it states, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. Even at that early stage in the history of God's people, God himself was declaring, among other things, his patience towards his people. There is also good news for us in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6a, where the Bible states, For I am the Lord, I change not. We therefore can quite confidently say that even today, in our era, the Lord has promised to be long-suffering, that is, patient with us. Why is God so understanding about our human condition, which includes our lack of patience? The answer is found in Psalm 103, verses 7 to 14, which states, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and rich in mercy. He will not always chasten, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, not rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so is his mercy towards us who fear and respect him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, the Lord pities, that is, has compassion for those who fear, which is love and respect him. For he knows our form, he remembers that we are dust. Truly, God knows that we are frail in our resolve and prone to failure.
but it is his desire that all should come to know him as our Heavenly Father and take up his offer of salvation. Probably one of the best known statements in the Bible is John 3 verses 14 to 16. It explains the love that God the Father has for each one of us and that he was willing to give his only son as the only acceptable sacrifice for our sins. And this is what those verses state. But even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man, that is Jesus, be lifted up, so that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What an amazing and wonderful reassurance. So God demonstrates his infinite patience toward us as the human race. The early disciples believed that Jesus would return to earth in their lifetime. However, it's obvious that that didn't happen. We are now some 2,000 years on from that time, and while we may hope for the soon return of Jesus, we must be patient. Jesus has promised that he will return. So why has it not yet happened? Part of the answer is to be found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, which states, The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness, but is long-suffering toward us, not, not purposing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The, lo the term long-suffering expressed in the verse can also be translated as patience. God is showing extraordinary patience so that the gospel will be preached throughout the whole world and everyone has the opportunity to accept the salvation offered by God and completed by Jesus Christ. Now, that is a demonstration of amazing patience on God's part. The other interesting statement relating to God's timing is found in the preceding verse, 2 Peter 3, verse 8, which states, But, beloved, let not this one thing be hidden from you, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years at, as one day. This verse is likely referring to Psalm 90, which intimates that time as we know it does not apply to the Lord. He operates outside of what we perceive to be as time. However, it could help explain why, why to us God's promises seem to take so long to eventuate. Again, we have to persist in faith, hope and trust. So this raises the question, how do we get patience? When I began this message, there was a jocular mention of praying to God for patience. The truth of how we gain patience is so much more beautiful than just asking. 
The truth is that patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When we repent of our sins and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit enters our being and we are born again. We receive firstly the gift of faith, which, is, which enables us to believe on the promises of Jesus and to fix in our heart the hope of eternal salvation. We also receive other gifts, which, as they mature, become the fruit of the Spirit, as described in Galatians 5, which includes patience. This fruit should bear witness to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It would be wonderful to say that because we have received these gifts, that they are all fully mature and ready to apply at full power. To a certain extent, that is true, but Romans 12, verse 3, warns us that the faith given us is given by measure. Romans 12, verse 6a, warns us that we are to be responsible in how we apply our faith. Just as faith is able to be increased, see Luke 17, verse 5, so it is fitting that our spiritual gifts may be increased. And Galatians 5.25 infers that if we live in the Spirit, we need to walk in the Spirit. And that is how we will increase the potency of all our spiritual gifts by drawing on the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Romans 12 verse 3 says this, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, think not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but set your mind to be right-minded, even as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And Romans 12 verse 6 says this, Then having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And Galatians 5.25 reminds us, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 is the nub of the matter. It is not just talking the talk, but we must walk the walk. That is, be in an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our physical and spiritual life. We must therefore make a conscious effort to grow our spiritual gifts that we may use them to God's glory. So there are a couple of biblical lessons that we can learn about impatience. Probably one of the best known stories involving impatience in the Bible is in Genesis 16. And it's about Abraham and Sarah and how God promised them a child who would, through Abraham, become the founder of many nations. Between the giving of the promise and the birth of Isaac, 
was about 25 years. Abraham and Sarah became impatient and decided that Abraham should try for a son by Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar. Abraham's impatience resulted in the birth of Ishmael, and he became the father of the Arab nations. This impatient action has resulted in a worldwide and national disagreements and conflicts that persist to this day. Abraham's impatience and his attempt to fulfil God's promise resulted in global unrest. Abraham and Sarah's solution was not God's plan. They should have trusted God that he would deliver what he had promised regardless of timing. The second example of impatience comes from the parable in Luke chapter 6 verses 47 to 49. It's the story of the wise man who took time to build his house on a firm foundation of rock. The other builder mentioned built his house on sand, likely because he was too impatient to spend the time necessary to establish a solid foundation. When the heavy rains fell, the house in the sand was washed away. Through impatience, the second builder paid a heavy price. The parable is a warning to each one of us that our spiritual foundation must be upon the rock of Jesus Christ, and by faith we must patiently trust him to deliver what he has promised. Patience certainly has its reward, because patience is one of the most desirable of Christian attributes. We have heard the statement about the patience of the saints. Well, it's true. When we demonstrate patience in our life, we are emulating our Lord. For, as we learned earlier, He is the God of patience. There is a beautiful assurance in Luke 21 verse 19 which states, By your patience you will gain your soul. The sense of this verse is that by patient observance and perseverance in the ways of God and the truths of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved and find our true meaning in life and enjoy life to the full. This makes being patient a real bonus. Another real comfort of patience is that it teaches us indelibly about hope. We have the hope of salvation, but we are required to patiently wait for Christ's return for it to become real. Romans 15 verse 4 says this, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, so that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. This hope is the main thrust of Ephesians chapter 11, verse 1, that wonderful verse on faith and hope which introduces the chapter on the heroes of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, and I've inserted, yet seen. It is through hope-filled patience that we will be able 
to be prepared, and as stated in Titus 2, verse 13, be looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of that great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. My message to you today is this. Cultivate godly patience in your life with hope-filled optimism. I implore you to respond and react to those around you with love-filled patience. But more importantly, be persistent in patience by studying the Word of God and calling on the Holy Spirit to grow your spiritual gifts to the glory of God and our Saviour Jesus Christ. Having a sound knowledge of Scripture is essential for believers because just as Jesus rebuked Satan in Luke verses four, chapter 4, verse 4, we, having a sound scriptural knowledge, can overcome all the ploys of Satan and his demons that they might throw at us in this life. Such knowledge guides us to patiently defend our faith and thereby witness to others. And Luke 4.4 4 states this, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Our benediction comes from Titus chapter 2. And this is what it says. And I've chosen this benediction because it encapsulates so completely this message on why we must live out our godly calling with patience. For the grace of God, that is, Jesus Christ, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us that having denied ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live discreetly, righteously and godly in this present world, looking, and I've inserted, patiently for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have been able to spend some time in your word. And Lord, studying about patience and learning about patience. Lord, we ask that by your grace and mercy, you would lead us into all wisdom in patience. And Lord, that we might demonstrate that praise that patience to those around us in such a way that they see that our faith is real and that you are real and that we will be faithful witnesses to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God be with you. Amen.